Hello, this is producer Josh. Just had a, a quick note at the front here. Uh, these next two episodes that you'll hear this month are being released out of order uh, so that we could bring you this episode with some important updates from Matt Rodak sooner. Um, so you'll hear some references to John Andrews, uh, which we'll release next. Uh, so stay tuned for that one on September the 6th. But that is it. Uh, back to the boys. Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Investing Unscripted, where we get real with real estate investors and experts throughout the industry. I'm your co-host, Brendan Bennett, and with me is your co-host, David Dugan. And David, we have a really special episode today. We have our very own Matt Rodak, uh, CEO and founder of the little company that we call home, and I uh, would love for you to do a little intro and bring him in. Yeah, so uh, last time we had Matt on was was our first episode, Brendan, and Matt had the the pleasure of interviewing us, and now we get to turn the tables on Matt, and we get to pepper him with some questions. So I'm excited to do that, and uh, we're, we're going to talk about some exciting stuff, including our rebrand. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. I saw uh, that you guys had John on the other day, and on his calendar he had wear nice shirt, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I think. <laughs> Why does he have that on his calendar? And then I saw like the podcast. I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> he, yeah. was, he was wearing a button up. I was surprised. Well, he wore he wore his banana shirt on Friday. I was hoping that was going to make a podcast <laughs> appearance. I have like the quarter zip I could put on. I'm just going to rock the t shirt. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's casual. Keep it's approachable. Matt, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me back. I was waiting for the invite. I guess we had to go through a, a rebrand to get that uh, that invite re-extended. So uh, thanks for having me back, guys. Great to be here. Of course. And Matt, just for some of the listeners who uh, maybe haven't listened in a little while or uh, didn't listen to the first couple of episodes that we put out, if you could just give a quick background on, uh, obviously, you're the founder of Fund That Flip and, and soon to be the, the name that we'll share shortly. But just give the listeners a little background on you and, and the company before we get in. Always, always had an interest in real estate investing going back to being a kid, had a, a landscaping company, as I think a lot of teenagers do, and ended up doing a lot of work for guys that were, uh, you know, buying properties, fixing them up and, and selling them and uh, decided at a pretty young age, that's what I wanted to do when I, when I grew up. So um, took, a, took a, a detour, if you will, through corporate America for seven or eight years uh, where I got a lot of great experience. And as you know, towards the tail end of that career, I uh, started getting involved in fixing and flipping houses and doing some other things in and around the space. And ultimately, that's where I came up with the idea, which is now fund that flip to you know, provide scalable, uh, transparent, you know, technology first capital to you know, growing real estate investors. Uh, while at the same time, you know, creating new ways for folks that wanted to, to get some exposure to this type of asset in a more passive manner um, through, you know, it was first kind of our fractional note program and it's since evolved into some other different flavors, such as uh, the private REIT that we rolled out uh, earlier this year as well. So it's been a lot of fun. It's uh, we're coming up, believe it or not, on uh, our 10 year anniversary, spring of 2014. Jeez. So uh, I can now say that I've been uh, doing this longer than anything else, uh, professionally at least. So, um, uh, making me feel old, and I've got the gray hair to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. A decade puts it into into perspective. I haven't thought of it that way, but ten years, big milestone. And fun that flip is is near and dear to my heart, of course, because it's been you know my life for the last almost four years, and and it's been quite an exciting ride for me. And I'm, I'll speak for Brendan there as well. I'm sure he would say the same. 
But uh, I think we're equally excited about this this rebrand and the opportunities that are, are going to be created from the rebrand. So from the source itself, Matt, can you share some light on the rebrand, what that's going to, to bring us as a company, and more importantly, going to bring the investors that we serve and, and maybe you know some of the, the top two or three catalysts for making the decision to rebrand? Yeah, and I think, um, you know, look, give you a little bit of the founding story. I think that the founding story on the name is something that I haven't shared with a lot of people, but maybe it's a good time to talk about it. So, you know, what is now from that flip really kind of came into existence in some ways, at least in my brain, all the way back in like 2011, 2012, and, you know, financing my own flips and trying to figure out, you know, the best way to do that and came up with, you know, this idea, which, which now lives today. I remember thinking like, well, I got this idea. I need to put a name to it. And there was a TV show back in 2005, 2009. I don't know if you guys remember it called Flip This House. Looks really good. The columns are still ugly. What's the deal with that? You don't want to leave them? We could just whack them down. I think I could really take that out of my shoulder. Whenever you're ready. We don't know how to all here. Uh, I was playing around with a lot of different names and uh, eventually kind of ideated on Fund That Flip, which kind of had a similar cadence as Flip This House and somewhat of a nod to, I guess, to the show in in some ways. I went online and searched if that fundthatflip.com was available. It was. I bought it. Um, And that was about the extent of the thought that I put into the name. So, um, you know, and then, you know, one thing led to the next and ended up joining this incubator program in New York City. And they were like, well, what's the name of the company? And I was like, well, I guess it's Fund That Flip. Um, and, you know, well, you need to incorporate. What should you incorporate under? I guess we should incorporate under Fund That Flip. And then it worked its way into the first version of the website and, you know, a bunch of other legal agreements that kind of, uh, you know, transpire from kind of that that point forward. So what's been exciting is, uh, I think what's been good is that the name worked uh, in a lot of ways, particularly as we were, you know, early on and, you know, really focused on just funding flips. Uh, it worked for, you know, kind of the folks that borrowed money from us and it said what we did and was pretty straightforward and also worked well for, you know, our passive investors. And um, I think uh, got right to the point uh, as we were introducing ourselves to new people around how and what we do for the market. The other kind of funny story along that is uh, during that incubator program, I had to come up with a logo. So they gave us this like little form to fill out around like, you know, what what should your you know brand aspire to be? I filled the form out and put it up on Upwork and uh, uh, some gentleman somewhere overseas designed our first logo for like 75 bucks uh, that like, you know, uh, was our logo for like the first four or five years of the company. So long way of saying, I think we got a lot of mileage out of the fun that flip brand. I think it served us really well, our ROI in, in terms of both, you know, time spent thinking about it as well as, you know, dollars spent creating it, I think is, uh, you know, as close to infinite as you can get. And and I think, you know, kind of going back to your question of like, what what was the catalyst for the change? I think, you know, at some point we started to outgrow the name in terms of, you know, the the products and services that we bring to market. Wanted to start thinking about, you know, a name that kind of captures everything that we do today, as well as some things that, you know, we aspire to do and that are on the roadmap in the in the future. So I remember being at a trade show in, I don't know, 2019 or 20 and, um, Someone saying, well, I didn't know you guys did new construction. And at that point, it was like 20 or 30% of our business, right? So, um, you know, we do new construction loans. We've got a DSCR product now. Uh, we've got a lot of software that we built for customers that, you know, a lot of that was acquired through Flipper Force that we purchased uh, a little over, you know, I guess a year and a half ago now. So 
uh, one of the big catalysts was this idea that uh, our name that was really great out of the beginning in terms of saying what we do is kind of pivoted a little bit on us to, to no longer capture everything that we do, both for active and passive investors, and wanted to make sure that uh, we were showing up in the market from a branding perspective uh, in a way that you know um, spoke to everything that we do so our customers are aware and can be made aware of you know, all the different things that we can, we can do to help them grow their business. And I alluded to it, you know, I think, uh, you know, as, as many things as we have kind of under our umbrella today, we've got a lot more that we intend to bring to market over the next, you know, months and years and wanted to create some space for us to continue to innovate and bring new products to market under kind of this united, united brand that, that people can, can uh, comprehend and that is legible ultimately of, of, you know, how we, how we show up in the market. The other piece that I, I kind of just hit on it quick was we bought Flipper Force, right? So we've we've really kind of been operating two companies with two different brands. Uh, we think that a lot of what we do on the lending side of our business, you know, those customers, we've got you know strong things that uh, in the in the Flipper Force world that they may not be aware of, and vice versa, right? And it's hard to manage those two uh, separate brands, and uh, without it would be difficult to bring a lot of that you know software value prop under a fund that flip brand. So part of this is also how do we bring these two really great products and services that we bring to market uh, under one brand uh, that we can go to market with kind of in a unified way and, and uh, people can understand. Yeah, that makes sense. Matt, we've, we've kind of alluded to the rebrand on a couple different episodes now. We had John Andrews, uh, the uh, CEO of the company, and and we've talked about it with our, our Flipper Force team members as well, but we haven't yet shared the new name and the how and why behind the name with our listeners yet. So we were wondering if you'd do the honors of uh, rolling out the new name. Yeah, happy to and uh, honored to be able to do this. And, and what I will say is that the team that has been leading the charge on this has put a significant more uh, effort than I did kind of on the first round with the fun that flip name. So this has been, you know, over a year in the making. And we spent a, a lot of time doing research and actually talking to customers, both on uh, the Flipper, Flipper Force business customers, our lending you know, customers, our passive investor customers, and really want to understand you know, what, what are some things that kind of resonate with them and ultimately why are, they, why are they doing what they're doing, right? Why are they investing in real estate? And one of the things that, that started to really emerge through that, that customer research was this idea, um, which I think is true. It's the same reason I got into real estate investing. And I know, Brendan, you do some real estate investing, and a lot of people in our company do uh, as well. But it's this idea of, of creating wealth. And I think you know one of the things that uh, really shone through through this research was it wasn't wealth for wealth's sake, and everyone had somewhat of a different definition of wealth. But it was really what that wealth created, which was freedom, right? Freedom of choice and freedom of time, right? How do you spend your life? Is it working a lot? Is it vacationing? Is it with your kids? Whether people were just getting started in this space or doing it for years at different levels of scale or investing more passively, this this common theme of I'm interested in investing in real estate or I'm investing in real estate to create you know these paths for myself that allow me to control my destiny and my time. And you know from that kind of, you know we started to lay that over, well, what do we do, right? And how do what we do uh, complement, right, and, and enable this goal for our customers to create a better life, you know, for themselves, for freedom. Uh, and the team came up with this idea of, well, really what we're doing is, is creating on-ramps and up-ramps, right? So if you're, if you're just getting started, we've got software to help you find your deal, first couple deals to analyze that, make sure you get the numbers right. If you're, you know, on your hundredth deal, right, we've got software and financing and a lot of other things that can help you, you know, either manage that business better or if growth is, you know, what you want to do, help you grow the business. 
So no matter where you're at, kind of on the spectrum of getting started in real estate investing, it was this idea of both on-ramps and up-ramps. And we kind of started to like draw that out, right? Uh, both figuratively and, and kind of in our, in our brains. And this idea of like, well, really what we're trying to do is help people move their lives up into the right, right? Like the proverbial, right? Like growth curve up into the right. And then we spent a lot of time looking at a lot of different names. And um, the one that emerged kind of came back to this idea of on-ramps and up-ramps and upright. And uh, long lead up to your question here, but the name that we landed on was upright. So, you know, in the not too distant future, we will be rehanging both the fund that flip business as well as uh, the flipper force business under, under this unified a uh, new brand that we're super excited about called Upright. Cat officially out of the bag. <laughs> we love it. We'll edit in uh, a nice like drum roll or something yeah, as well. Yeah. Leading up to that. I should have asked for um, the drum roll. That's right. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Flipperforce House Flipping and Building Software. Right now, Flipperforce is offering 25% off all subscriptions plus a free 30-day trial. Tired of using spreadsheets to manage your projects? Looking for a system to consistently track your deals? Flipperforce is an all-in-one platform for real estate investors to successfully run their businesses, whether flips, new constructions, or rentals. Flipperforce lets you analyze deals, estimate rehab costs, create project schedules, and track expenses so you can focus on doing the work. To claim your 25% off, visit www.flipperforce.com, click the chat button to connect with our team, and enter the code UNSCRIPTED to start your free 30-day trial, plus get 25% off your subscription. Offer subject to change at any time without notice. So so you touched on a lot of the stuff that, that uh, Brendan and I were going to ask about, which is kind of some of the hidden meanings of the upright brand, right? Because I, I think uh, when it was rolled out as a company, I was like, oh, that, that's a cool name. I'm not good at connecting dots, right? I need people to explain things to me. And then I got the explanation that you gave, and I'm like, oh, shit, that is cool, right? There's a lot of uh, a lot of kind of innuendo and, and hitting meeting behind it, so I think that's awesome. But uh, more importantly, how does it? How are we better positioned in the marketplace today now that we have gone through this rebrand? Yeah, I, I think it's a good question. And I think um, the main thing that it's going to unlock for us, at least is my hope, is this um, – Customers that, that are working with us today are, are probably have a certain experience with us, right? And they're primarily that experience is is how they're they're using our products and services today. Whether that's you know they're borrowing money from us, right, to help them take down new projects and, and grow their business, or they're you know a Flipper Force customer, you know, using the software to help them again find and analyze deals, or maybe they're a passive investor um, and they've they've got kind of a, a narrow aperture in terms of you know what it is that we can provide to them based on you know, how they've experienced us before. So I think one of the biggest opportunities is for us to, to start to have a broader conversation with our customers on, hey, did you know, <laughs> right, that under the fund that flip umbrella, we also have this software business that was previously known as Flipper Force. Uh, whereas now as we go to market, right, and we talk to talk to our customers, it's just upright, right? And upright is financing solutions, upright is uh, software solutions, upright is passive investment opportunities, but we don't have to kind of manage, if you will, this different go-to-market plan, this different branding, but we can meet the customer kind of, you know, where they're at with their needs at any any given point in time with a unified message and a unified product service offering without having to kind of um, navigate between, was well, it a different company? Like, do I talk to different salespeople? Does my account manager understand? 
right? Like how this product can, can help with my business. So I think it gives us a, a real opportunity, one, to kind of broaden the, the conversation that we're having with our customers around what their, you know, their needs are and, and what we have today that can help them, you know, grow their business. And I think the other thing that it, that it does for us is when, you're, when your company name is Fund That Flip, it's pretty clear what you're aspiring to do, right? You're making a statement to the market. We're here to fund your flip. Mm-hmm. Um, since I started this company, right, the vision has always been, I used to say, like, in our, our leadership meetings all the way back in, like, 2016, 2017, you know, what, what we'll know we've, like, really achieved success when the first thing that our customers do when they start their morning is they fire up our platform, right? And the last thing they do before they go to bed and shut it down is log off of our platform, and they're essentially running their entire business off of our platform. So when you're making a statement to the market that, you know, you're fund that flip, it's hard for the customer to understand, like, we want to be more than that for you, right? So I think the other thing that this hopefully will do um, as we go to market as upright and with this combined product, you know, and service offering that we, we have today, I think it'll also start to, to help with conversations with our customers. I'm like, hey, what else do you need? Right? How is the software helping you today? What's missing? Um, what other things in your business could be solved with software or financial service products that I don't even think we're engaging in those conversations with with our customers today because they don't know right that that's what we we really want to do for them. Uh, so I, I really also hope it it um, you know creates some new again conversations with our customers on like hey I know you guys are doing a good job with me on the flip you know, the financing for my flips or new construction or DSCR and I'm starting to use your software, but property casualty insurance is a real problem for me or getting new bank accounts opened up and managing my cash flow for these projects is a real problem for me, right? Like these are problems that, that uh, we intend to, to solve at some point, right, for our customers and are working on. And I think the more that we can get those conversations started with our customers, the uh, quicker we can bring value to market and the quicker that we can get it right ultimately for, you know, what the market needs. Yeah, man, I think it's a, I think it's a great point with with fund that flip being extremely prescriptive. There, there's not a ton of imaginative space for existing or future customers to think about the different ways that we can service them under upright. It's direct, but it also leaves a lot of room for interpretation, which I think we can let the borrowers and future customers imagination kind of run amok. And then we meet them halfway with really good products and services to kind of help support that. So to to that point, I think some of the people listening or maybe someone who doesn't catch this episode, if they see us at a conference or they, they see uh, some sort of, of marketing campaign with the upright branding, I think there might be some questions around, has the mission of the company changed at all? And are we realigning on a new focus? And I think you've touched on this a little bit, but if you can just double down on, has the mission of fund that flip slash upright changed and how are we performing against our mission in your own words? The short answer is no, right? The mission, the mission is the same, right? And I think if anything, the new name allows us to, you know, be more uh, explicit with what that mission is, right? And hopefully show up in a way that is also more explicit around being committed to that mission, right? So, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, our job is to create extraordinary experiences for our customers, right? That's in a big part of our mission statement. One of the ways that we do that is through building, you know, lasting relationships. So we think relationships are really important for this business. They're important for our customers with who they're buying properties, their contractors, their financing partners, right? All of their their vendors up and down the stack. And we think that those lasting relationships are an imperative part of creating extraordinary experiences. And we care about creating extraordinary experiences because ultimately 
that good experience is going to help empower our end customer, our investor to create wealth and that, that wealth creation spills into improving communities, right? So that is our mission statement, right? We build lasting relationships through extraordinary experiences, empowering investors to create wealth and improve communities. That has been our mission statement for a very long time. And I think if anything, as kind of we talked about before, this this uh, brand expansion exercise and, and starting to operate under this brand of Upright really reinforces that uh, that commitment to that that mission statement, right? And David, you asked earlier about some of the the Easter eggs in the name. That's one of it, right? We're trying to bring every everybody, not just ourselves and our customers, upright, but it's the communities that we that we operate in and our customers operate in. It's it's the wealth creation. It's you know we're literally physically building buildings right? Um, and standing them upright, right? So there's a lot of fun, I think, that we can have uh, with this name as well as we get it as we get it rolling. Yeah, and I think it brings some internal cachet as well, right? So you, you talked before about the segregation, if you will, of the, the different business entities that we had, right? You had Flipper Force, you had Fund That Flip that kind of did some different things, right? But it, it was all built around lending. And I think myself, as well as a lot of the other guys around here that had spent time in market working with clients, we were kind of branded as like, oh, you guys are the hard money guys, right? Oh, hard money guys. And it, and it was tough to kind of like scrub that off you because we do so much more than, than hard money. Still do, you know, a big portion of that as a business. But as we've grown, that pie has grown. And, and all of these other business lines that we have, um, I think, are, are so beneficial to the customer base that we serve. And I think... Um, the rebrand positions us to kind of scrub that that stigma off of us. And instead of David or one of our other, you know, outside reps being the hard money people, it's the, hey, they are the the go-to for everything for my business. And and I think that's, uh, I think we're all headed in that direction and, and striving to get there. So again, very excited about the rebrand and, uh, and where that's going to take us. Shifting gears here a little bit, you're a real estate investor. Brandon's a real estate investor. I dabble a little bit myself, but but we've got a lot of investors here in the office, which you alluded to uh, previously. So why do you think it is relevant for you as a CEO to have that experience or for our employees here as a company to have that real estate investing experience? And, and what do you think that does for us as a, an organization that uh, that works with real estate investors? I think the more of the company that we have close to you know, what it means to live the day, live a day in the life of our customers, the the better, right? Mentioned the the TV show earlier, right? And I think that's a lot of people's perspective of what house flipping is. And uh, we've come to learn over the years that's that's not the case at all, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of things that gotta that gotta go right for you to get in and out of a project, uh, whether it's a fix and flip or a burr or a uh, you know new construction build. So understanding the nuances of all of that as someone who's actually doing it helps, um, you know, one of our, uh, company values is empathy, right. Helps our, our people that are serving those customers understand what they're going through or what their needs are or what the opportunities are because they themselves are, are living it or have lived it. Um, which allows us to, I think, get to good outcomes for ultimately the customer and, and as well as other constituents on our platform, I think the other thing that helps is is it helps us get to the right decisions a lot quicker, right? Because uh, we we understand it, right? Like we understand the terminology, we understand the constraints, we understand, you know, again some of the nuances that are required to operate these projects uh, the right way. 
And then I think it also is a little bit goes to like conviction, right? Like I've got, uh, I've got a fair amount of my uh, both retirement savings as well as disposable income invested on the platform in our notes because I've got conviction in our underwriting team, right? In the products that we take to market in the asset class, just generally in terms of the risk return profile, you know, so I think that also helps, right? With how we show up is like, we generally believe, I think more than generally, maybe like we passionately believe that real estate is a, a fantastic asset class to invest in either passively or more actively as an operator. And it's not just written on our wall. It's, you know, how people spend their time after hours, right, is, is doing this type of stuff. Um, I, don't, I don't know how to put a value on that other than I think it um, it shows up in the passion that our team brings because, like, they enjoy this stuff and they're doing it, you know, on their own. Uh, but it also shows up, I think, in real results in terms of, you know, the outcomes that we can that we can get to for both our passive and active investors on the platform. Yeah. And Matt, two two quick data points I'll share with uh, with the team. So our people team here was was kind enough to run um, a quick survey across a lot of our customer facing employees just to see. I think a lot of us felt that we had a lot of coworkers, you know, in the in the cube over or across from us that invest in real estate, but it was hard to quantify before. What the the survey reports is sixty percent of our sales and production team are active in real estate investing to some capacity and around 30% of our investor relations team. So, you know, if you talk to 10 people at, uh, at Upright on the sales and production team, you know, you got a 60% chance that one of them is at least having a taste of the experience that you have as a customer, which I think really speaks to that empathy component that you were talking about, Matt. So uh, cool, quick little uh, data points to share. But before we get into the speed round, um, to kind of wrap up and put a bow on the brand expansion topic, um, what's maybe one final point that our stakeholders, shareholders, customers, um, whoever you really want to direct us towards, what can they expect from us under the new the new name of Upright? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the good news is that on a day to day basis, you know, not not much is going to change, right? We're going to continue to, to you're going to continue to have the same team members, right, that you work with on a day to day basis. There, continue to deliver the same products and services, same commitment to that extraordinary experience. The thing that that will start to you know feel a little bit different, which is what I alluded to before, is this idea of you know how we show up from a positioning perspective is going to be is going to be much broader you know maybe than what you're used to seeing under either the fund that flip brand or the flipper force brand, right? And both of those product and service offerings are going to come together you know under one uh, one umbrella of the upright brand. Uh, which I think is really exciting, right? Because again, I think it's going to start to to give us some opportunities to hear from our customers, you know, feedback on a broader set of things that that we could potentially help them with in terms of you know how to take their business up into the right. So, you know, on a day to day basis, I, I don't suspect that there'll be a, a whole lot of change felt. But what I would encourage uh, anybody that's listening to this that maybe has a relationship with us is to to start to double click on some of this stuff, right? So. Uh, if you're a fun that flip customer and you've never heard of Flipper Force, uh, you're going to start to see some of that stuff under the upright brand. Uh, and I would encourage you to, to get with your account rep and take a look at what's there uh, and vice versa. Right. If you're a Flipper Force customer uh, and you're looking for financing for your projects, right, you're going to have a cleaner line into, you know, some of the folks that, that can help you understand what your options are to get financing for your next project. So I think that's the main change that uh, will start to be felt is, um, you know, everything that we offer today will feel a little less disjointed, both in terms of, you know, how we, we go to market with it. But uh, we're also doing a fair amount of work on the technology side 
uh, to bring kind of those experiences together so that uh, if you're logged into Flipper Force, you're also logged into formerly known as Fund That Flip and vice versa. Uh, so it should be easier for you to kind of traverse, if you will, between the different sets of products and services and, and discover those things and see how those apply to your business. But the thing that I'm, I'm most excited about is how, how we get these feedback loops quicker, right? Uh, with kind of, again, that broader perspective on uh, what's available. And, and uh, we want to hear from you guys on what's missing so that we can continue to innovate and, and bring new things to market. I love it. Good stuff, man. Um, all right. So we're going to jump into the speed round. So this is the MBR speed round sponsored by Mihalik Brothers Racing, the NHRA champion drag racing team that Upright uh, very proudly sponsors. Really fun going to the, going to the uh, drag race meets. Great time. Uh, Matt, we're going to give you about 30 seconds to give your two cents on a few different alternative investing options and industries outside of the real estate space. So uh, give us your uh, your best when we, we give you these three. A quick disclaimer. This is uh, just for fun and not speaking true to his investment advice from Matt. Had to say it. First one being uh, stocks, Matt. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, uh, I think stocks are, uh, so I, I do very little like individual stock picking for the most part. Most of my stock portfolios is like what I'd consider to be in, in uh, retirement accounts. So I kind of set up a portfolio allocation, my 401k and some other, you know, IRA accounts that I have uh, with the exception being, I will do some like distressed stock buying and or dividend stock buying when I think there's opportunities to get, you know, attractive yield in companies that I think are being mispriced. So, you know, during kind of the, the COVID reset, I, I had my eye on a few um, uh, uh, REIT stocks that I thought were going to be okay, that I could get in at, you know, 12 and 14% kind of dividend yields that, um, you know, I plan on now holding forever um, as a function of kind of the yield they throw off based on the entry point. So I guess I can't help myself. I always find my way getting back into real estate one way or another. <laughs> uh, all right, next, crypto. Yeah, crypto is one that, um, you know, I, I've, uh, we had an intern back in like 2014 when Bitcoin was like a buck or something tell me that I should buy crypto. And I, <laughs> I told him to get out of my face with that. And now, you know, I probably could be retired by now had I listened to his advice. Um, shout out to Drake. Um, I, uh, I dabble with it. I got a small portfolio. I, I think I invest in crypto more just so I have some interest to kind of follow it, but not a big part of my, uh, you know, long-term investment strategy. Last one, Matt, any sort of angel or venture investing? Yes, I do. Uh, I do enjoy this. So, um, uh, angel list came out with a product a couple years ago called, uh, a rolling fund. Um, so, um, you guys are going to hear a theme again, but, uh, someone I know started a prop tech rolling fund. Uh, so I do a quarterly subscription to that and, um, probably have, 600 or so, uh, you know, startups in that portfolio. So like very small allocations, but, uh, very diversified approach to startup investing. Uh, the other kind of cool thing that that affords is if there's a, a company that, um, I have a, a larger amount of conviction in, I'm able to kind of invest a larger amount, you know, alongside into, you know, that company. So I've probably made, I don't know, 10 or 15, um, you know, investments outside of the, the rolling fund and some in, in companies that I feel, um, more conviction over than, than others. And that folks is why he is the brains behind this whole operation. And, uh, listen, I, I think that's all we have for you today, Matt, but, uh, as always pleasure 
having you back on the podcast and maybe we'll uh maybe we'll invite you back sooner uh than than a year fingers crossed thanks for having me guys i'll get us uh, signed out really quick so thanks again for tuning into this week's episode make sure to let us know what you guys think and feel free to write in some suggestions or future topics for the show at podcast at fumthatflip.com and make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any episodes and leave us a five-star review please if you like the show of course thanks guys 